Praise God for the opportunity to be here this morning and to worship our King and our God, our Savior. A couple of verses from Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. We could go on, but just a few uh, verses from Psalms about who our God is and about seeking after him and about thirsting for more of him. And that is, I guess, what's on my heart this morning. Are you hungry this morning? Are you thirsty this morning? I don't know about you. But about maybe 10 years ago, we got to a point where all of a sudden the children started eating us out of house and home almost. And they started eating more than we did. And all of a sudden, groceries became the real deal. We started looking at where do we buy a 50-pound bag of oats and a 50-pound bag of rice and all those kind of things. Because the children were hungry. And there's something about children. It feels like they can't go but a couple hours without saying, I'm hungry. And they don't say, I'm hungry very long until they say, I'm starving. And I always say, well, you know what? You're actually not. You know, that's the children wherever. But children are hungry. And it's a good thing. And I'm grateful that um, God has given us. Things like food and that we have enough and, well, at least I think we have enough. Maybe the children would argue with that. But anyway, we're not starving. Thank God for that. And anyway, but this morning, as we look at hunger and as we look at thirst, what are we hungry for? What, are, what am I hungry for? What am I thirsty for? There is a promise that if we hunger... We will be filled. And so we want to look at that this morning. Um, Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning into his presence. And sometimes I wonder if we know what we have. You know, there's times when um, you go somewhere and it's just about maybe... A couple songs more in a ritualistic way and it's not really about entering into his presence so I trust that we know what we have um, and the blessing that it is but my heart's desire this morning is to nothing against the worship team nothing against the worship that we have on Sunday but I do believe that it is God's heart that we live a lifestyle of worship And that would be the title for this morning, A Lifestyle of Worship. And my heart 
is very much trembling this morning because this subject is huge and we're only going to just scratch the surface of it. But my prayer is that God would draw us closer to himself and that God would give us a hunger and a thirst for more of himself. Because the reality is that we can have a wonderful time on a Sunday morning like we had this morning. But unless we are living lives poured out, unless we are living lives of worship, unless that is a daily thing, we're not going to really continue to grow and go farther. And it's, it actually kind of gets to the point where at times the worship that we offer in a, in a worship service is kind of, it can almost become hypocritical. And I have, I have been there. And so I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. But I do believe that God wants what we do on a Sunday morning to just be a continuation of what has been flowing out of our hearts towards him all week. What has been flowing out of our lives each and every day. And so that's where we're, that's where we're headed this morning. You know, I believe we're familiar with what worship means. Um, in order to worship something, you have to place a higher value on that, that something or that person than you do on yourself. You know, there's people who, they go to concerts and they say everyone was worshiping whoever the star was. And that's a false kind of worship. We're not supposed to worship people. But in order to worship, we have to realize that we're smaller, and obviously God is all-powerful, he's almighty, and he's amazing. To regard with great extravagant respect, honor, and devotion is, what's, is what Webster says, or to honor or show reverence for as a divine being or, super, or somebody with supernatural power. This morning, as we look at a lifestyle of worship, there is so many places we could go. Um, we're just going to rush, rush a few places and trust that the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts. Um, we'll look at John chapter 4. Um, we're familiar with this story. And we'll probably break in in verse 4. John chapter 4, verse 4 says, And he had passed through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me to drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, give me to drink, you would ask him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, 
You have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband. And come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, but you say in Jerusalem is the place where People ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. We'll pause reading for now. A beautiful story of even Jesus himself being thirsty in the natural sense. And just beautiful, so much can be taken out of this. Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well and how he took it from a physical into a spiritual reality. And Jesus said, if you drink of me, if you drink of me, you will never thirst again. And so many things for us as believers that, and I guess to me this morning, the biggest takeaway for me is, and the question I ask myself, and I want to ask everyone here this morning is, have you drank of the water, the life-giving water that Jesus gives? Because here it says you'll never thirst again. And I believe that there's something about that as because it is a continual inflow, not that we won't want more. Yes, there's always room for that, but there, there will be a direct line, a, 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 a tap, for lack of a better word, right into our heart. And so we will always be being filled continually with more of Jesus, more of the Holy Spirit. And so we won't, in this way, we won't always be having to try to get a drink, but rather It will be right inside of us, and it will be welling up unto eternal life. So have you drank this morning? Have you tasted and seen that he is good? And the biggest part to me this morning that I want to focus on was just 
You know, the woman, Jesus knew everything about her. Boom. There was nothing, there was no secrets. She tried to kind of, you know, dodge and, and she did. She said, well, you know, the whole thing about the husbands and the boyfriend that she was living with, she just kind of dodged it. Jesus knew this and she's like, well, I, I perceive that you're a prophet and he was, he was more than a prophet. But the amazing part is in that, I feel like she was trying to justify herself and she's like, well, whoa, you knew a lot about me, but uh, you know, what about worship? Let's take this to a different level. Let's, you know, almost justifying herself like, well, you know, I worship in this mountain. The Jews say you're supposed to worship at Jerusalem and all these details about worship. And again, Jesus just goes beyond that and cuts to the, the root of the whole thing and says, you know what? It's not really about the temple. It's not really about a certain mountain. It's like, you know, the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. And so what does it look like for us to worship in spirit and in truth? I believe many times in a worship service, which calling this that we had this morning, that's not a bad word, a worship time, a worship service, praise and worship. But it's not just supposed to be a service. It's not just supposed to be a chunk of time on a Sunday morning or maybe a chunk of time in the morning before you head to work where you are worshiping. God wants our whole life to be worshipped to him, poured out to him. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so that is something that can be done all the time. It's a, it's a direct connection where many times it feels, I guess to me, the more I have been learning what it means to worship him. It feels like there is a, almost like a rubber band. And at times I focus on, yes, there's a lot of things. The cares of this life are there. But as soon as my heart looks to my father, boom, there's worship. And even when we're focused on the cares of life, that can be worship to him if we're doing it unto him. So it's not that we have a sacred and we have a secular. It's, it can all be worship to him. But here it talks about that the Father is seeking. And this morning, I pray that more than anything else, if there's, if there's nothing else you hear from my heart this morning, it is that. That the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Can you feel the heart of God the Father this morning? He is seeking for worship from your life. And I don't care if you're the oldest person here or the youngest person here. There is never, it's never too early to start worshiping. It is never too early to feel that drawl of the Father and the heart of the Father saying, I want worship. I am worthy. Would you worship me in spirit and in truth? And I believe clearly that we cannot worship in spirit and in truth unless we have been regenerated. And so I think it's beautiful children growing up to exercise themselves in worship and praising God. But I believe the reality is to this level of worshiping in spirit and truth, it happens and it can only happen once we as believers have been made alive in Jesus Christ. You know, when you are dead in sin, you can pray to you can pray, and that's fine. You can worship and say, wow, God, you're good, and that's beautiful. I want to encourage every child here, you sing it out. You go for it. It's an exercise in worship. But I believe this thing of worshiping in spirit and in truth, it is actually something that for 
believers who have been, our spirit has been made alive. And that is when we can have that connection right into the throne room. That is when we can truly worship in spirit and in truth. When our spirit connects with the Holy Spirit, connects with our Father and we worship him. The other thing I believe with truth, there's, there's different ways we could take that. But in order for us to worship in spirit and in truth, we must be honest. And I know for me, there's times when I try to connect, I try to worship, maybe on a Tuesday morning, maybe on a Sunday morning, and you just kind of feel hmm, just not going so good. And almost every time, if I look inside my heart, I'm not really being honest with something that went down. Maybe it was just a passing thought. Maybe it was just a passing look. Maybe it was just Whatever it was, something that was not pure, something that I was not being honest with my Heavenly Father about. And when we come and say, yes, God, that was me, and we're honest, and we're truthful about where we are, not trying to act like we have it all together, but come in humility. I believe that's where the truth part comes into this whole thing. And all of a sudden, we find that he's merciful, and he's willing to forgive us, and we can once again have, there's a flow, and we can once again worship him. In spirit and in truth, he is seeking people to worship him in that way. I love many times the thought on a Sunday morning. I'm not exactly sure where the first worship service happens in in the world today, uh, like the first time zone. But I just love that thought. You know, um, when we spent time in Africa, they're basically part of the year they're four hours, part of the year they're five hours. So, you know, basically when I woke up this morning. They were already worshiping, and there were people who were ahead in the time zone, you know, wherever, India. And they were worshiping, you know, when I was still sleeping, hopefully. Um, Anyway, that worship, and as the time's, you know, 9 or 10 o'clock, whatever time, there's that worship rising. And that's beautiful, that incense of worship rising up to God in a corporate way. But my challenge to our hearts and my heart this morning is, does worship rise from my heart Each and every day is my life lived in such a way that I am giving worth to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, that there is incense rising up before the Father and that I am giving the glory that is due to his name. You know, there are so many things that distract me and distract us from having that incense, from having that focus heavenward. There's a uh, a verse that talks about looking up. For the redemption, for our redemption draws nigh. And I believe that God desires that our hearts would be in such a posture that they're always focused, heavenward focused, focused on God, focused on how can I worship you? You are worthy of my life. You are worthy of every breath that I take, Lord Jesus. And I want to live my life in such a way that worship flows from my heart. And so it's not just Sunday morning that worship, a symphony of worship, Um, goes through the time zones, but it would be every single morning as believers around the world wake up from their beds, worship, 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 because he is worthy. Praise and worship is how we express our love. It's, It's one of the ways that we express our love. And so it's a beautiful thing, the songs we sing, the prayers we pray, the words that God gives us to share But I want to encourage us to, let's not just do what is normal. Let's not just do what is in our comfort zone. God wants to shake us up. God wants to put 
words in your heart. You know, it's beautiful to sing the songs that people have written who wanted to worship. And that's beautiful. And our hearts can connect with those songs. And that's a beautiful thing. But my prayer is that worship would be from my lips. And it doesn't have to look beautiful. It doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to sound pretty. So worship can be prayer. Worship can just be just talking, just throwing it heavenward and speaking the truth of who God is and extolling the lamb that was slain. So this morning, don't think because you don't sing a solo on stage, you can't worship. Don't think that because maybe you don't carry a tune that well, it doesn't mean you can worship. It's a lifestyle. Yes, it might be singing. Yes, it might be praying. It, but just talking. He wants to hear you. He wants, to, to, he wants that heart that is turned heavenward, that is turned towards him, and that is saying, worthy, worthy, worthy. There are many ways that we can express worship. And, you know, some people maybe do it in different ways. And that's, that's the beauty of diversity. But I want to say this morning, are you worshiping on a daily basis? Is your heart focused on God? Or is your life being a lifestyle of worship? You know, someday worship will be an integral part of what we do every day. I've heard it said that, you know, worship is the one thing that we are not going to stop in eternity. And I get excited about that. Um, I remember as a child saying, you know, you hear about, well, we're just going to worship in heaven forever and ever and ever. And as a child, you're kind of like, well, wouldn't that be a little boring, you know, like a church service 24-7 or whatever. Um, the reality is we are going to worship forever and ever, but it's not going to be boring. And I believe that um, as we worship here on this earth, it is just a practice of what's going to continue to flow out of our lives forever. Um, Daniel, you mentioned that we see through a glass darkly. And even in that not seeing everything clearly, the worship that comes out of our hearts sometimes is so much that our physical bodies can hardly handle it. But then I think about having a glorified body. Wow. Forever and ever being able to worship and not having the time restraints, not saying, well, man, I'm, I'm tired, i got to go to bed, whatever, whatever, not having the cares of this life. To be able to worship the King of kings, the Lord of lords, without the restrictions that we have in these physical bodies, I get excited, to say the least. So if we, a lifestyle of worship, I would say we should get used to it because it's going to continue to be something that we'll do even throughout eternity. He is worthy this morning of our praise. I believe it's important for us to realize who we are, and that's part of being truthful, being honest, that we are we're just men, but he is everything. And, he, and as we come in surrender, as we come in humility, as we come with honesty, we, we are able to pour out a life of worship to him. Worshiping in spirit is a partnership with the Holy Spirit to, clo- to glorify Jesus. Worshiping in truth is worshiping with nothing hidden, nothing between me and my Savior. A big part of worship is coming with everything exposed into his presence, coming with transparency and bringing an offering of, of worship, bringing a sacrifice of praise and entering into his courts in that way. You know, even when we don't feel like worshiping, it's not that 
we just get to clock out for that day or clock out for that morning. Uh, something that came to my heart in thinking about that. Imagine if one morning we came to church and 10 o'clock came and 10.05 came and where's the worship team? Does anybody know where they are? And they were just MIA and they never showed and nothing, no one came up here to lead us in worship. Um, yeah, maybe you, know, maybe you have to take a, take a week off to see how grateful we are for everything you all do. But imagine if that happened. Um, you know, I think it's beautiful that they lead us in that. But if the worship team didn't show up one Sunday morning, would, would worship still rise from your heart? Would there still be a sacrifice of worship going up before the Father? And that challenges me. God wants it to be like that. I'm grateful for the worship team. And yes, they lead us and they help us. But it should be something where we already worship. We're worshiping and we were worshiping all week. And when we come together, it's like, ah, it's like a bunch of symphonies. Uh, all of us were, had a symphony of worship and we come together. It's like, okay, now let's, let's uh, tune all of our instruments together and worship together, you know. Um, and I think that's basically what happens on Sunday. There was a lot of worship going on all throughout the week. And we just get to kind of, all of us tune, tune our instruments together and worship in a corporate way. But there is no worship service uh, like your worship service. And there's no offering and sacrifice of praise like the offering and sacrifice that you can offer on Monday morning and on Tuesday morning and on Wednesday when you have a flat tire. How, are we going to worship? You know, and I, I ponder, um, there's so much about worship. <laughs> I think about um, even in our weakness, even in our brokenness, it's okay to worship even in our brokenness. Even when things are going bad, that's, that's a beautiful time to worship. And it's not that we have to keep everything all like, yeah, I understand everything, God, you're so wonderful. No, we can be real and say, wow, God, this really is rough. But yet I'm going to worship you through this. Um, just some, some beautiful stories coming out of Ukraine of Christians who are worshiping through difficult situations. And my heart's prayer is, can I worship in my little trials? Can I worship in my little challenges? Or do I only worship when everything is so-so? You know, we all have uh, maybe an atmosphere or maybe the posture that we would prefer to worship. I love to stand. I have a hard time sitting during worship. I just do. Um, though, I mean, sometimes I worship on my bed, so I guess I can lay down too sometimes and worship. But when I get into it, I got to, anyway. Um, but it doesn't matter. You might have a posture that is different than what I would prefer. And that's, that's fine. That's the beauty of worship. Um, we can kneel and worship. It's not so much about <clears throat> the details. And I think that to me, that's the part of this uh, John chapter 4 here where it talks about you know, she was focused on the details. Is it in the mountain? Is it in Jerusalem? How's this supposed to happen? And I think sometimes we can get all focused on those details. And I want to encourage you this morning. It's not about those details. It's about your heart. It is about, is your heart tuned tune to sing his praise? Is your heart focused? And is your desire to say, yes, this morning, Lord Jesus, I will worship you in spirit and in truth. He is seeking people to worship him in that way and so if you get a little charismatic about it then hallelujah if you sit down whatever it takes 
it's a heart thing. And so I don't think we need to get so focused on every little detail. But I also want to encourage you that there's a lot of things in God's word about worship. And when you exercise yourself and you try something that maybe is a little out of your comfort zone, you, you experience a new level or a new dimension to your worship. So just because you were raised a certain way doesn't mean you have to worship that way for the rest of your life. So just let it go. How, how, does, how can I offer a sacrifice to God this morning? How can I worship in spirit and truth? And that might look differently. Um, and it's not about the people around you. It's not even so much about what you're doing. It's about you being willing to do whatever it takes to lift up, to show worth to our Savior and to our King, and to live your life in such a way that worship is just the normal thing. You know, if we have been redeemed, there's that song that says, since I have been redeemed, I have a song to sing. And I believe we have been redeemed. Hallelujah. Raise your hand if you've been redeemed this morning. Amen. So you have a song to sing and then there's a connection and you can give worship to the King of Kings, to our Savior. So if you've been redeemed, then it's going to be an outflow. And there might be times when there's lies that we believe about ourselves. There might be lies that we believe about uh, even how God sees us that hinder our worship. But I want to encourage us this morning to continue to pursue the reality of worshiping him in spirit and in truth. You know, you, we can't love someone who we don't know. And it's hard to thank them if we don't know what they did for us. But I do believe that each and every day as believers, we're getting to know who God is more and more. And we're getting to understand deeper and deeper realities of what he has done for us. And so I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay with getting old because I kind of want to understand more and more and more of what he has done. And I want to know him more and more. And I believe our worship will be more and more pure and on a deeper level. I tell my children sometimes I'm not going to turn 40 in July, but I guess I'm okay to turn 40 in July, okay? <clears throat> because I want to understand more about who he is, and I want to experience all that he has for me. And I do believe as God continues to give us life, and as each of us lives to be 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 and 90, whatever God gives us, we're going, our, our worship will be on a whole other level than what it was when we were 18 or 20 or wherever you find yourself and that's not to insult anybody's worship if you're 18 and you're worshiping It's a beautiful thing if you're worshiping in spirit and truth But I believe the more we understand who God is the deeper level We understand the more our worship is just in spirit and in truth and he is seeking that so continue to pursue him It's an awesome thing um, To to just give that sacrifice of worship to him do you know him this morning? Are you thirsty and hungry for more of him? And so as we thirst, as we hunger for more of him, he's promised that he will fill us. And as we understand who he is, that worship is going to flow out of our heart. And it's not just going to flow out just heavenward. Here, It's also going to flow out to those around us, to a lost world. And that excites me as well, that we can tell the world about him who has called us out of darkness and into a marvelous light that we can share with the world around us the good news of what Jesus has done. Worship 
The Father is seeking worshipers. Am I one of them? Are you one of them? Will I offer a sacrifice of worship? You know, I believe that as we offer a sacrifice of worship, we have to, there's a, there's a level of surrender. There's a level of first humility, but also surrender. And that is, I really don't care how this looks. All I care is that my life and my worship would be to the Father. And that it would be in, in, in sincerity, that it would be in truth, that it would be in spirit and in truth, as, we, as we've talked about. So maybe, I still remember as, as a young chap singing and growing up, and there was this young, young guy who was sort of a bachelor guy, and uh, he was great. But I remember him, we'd just be singing, and everyone would be sitting, and all of a sudden he would stand you know, both hands raised up, and he would stand, and he was sitting on the front row. And I remember being like, okay, what's up with you? Like, why are you doing that? The more I have grown and, and the more I, I, I see who God is, the less I criticize what he did. And I want to encourage us, don't be afraid to do something out of the box. Don't be afraid if so. You know, why are you doing that? It's not about the people around you. It's about him, and it's about Lord, how can I give you the worth that is due to your name? So in the name of Jesus, I declare and break off those hindrances, those fears, those things that would hold us back and just express yourself. However that looks for you, it's about you and God. It's not about someone sitting beside you. It's not about the person behind you and them thinking, hmm, that's a little weird. That's a little different. Why are you doing it like that? It's about you offering a sacrifice to Jesus. Uh, let's see. So many verses that I wanted to cover, but I know I will not get to them. You know, I think about it as we look at worship. Um, when we were dead in our sin, we were not able to offer true worship. Uh, just a couple verses. For, a couple verses from Romans. First of all, talking about. Um, yeah, first of all, talking about maybe what, how we were not able to offer worship and then how we can offer worship, jumping into Romans 12. Um, verse 33 of Romans 11 says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Or who has been given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I think I actually missed the verses about uh, earlier. I was talking about the mystery of salvation and how it was was hid to us in the past. And then verse 33 just jumped into the depths and the riches. So there is always more for us to understand. Don't be afraid of the depths and the riches and the wisdom. How unsearchable are his judgments. It's hard to figure out all of his ways, but yet 
we have this opportunity. For from him and through him and to him are all things. And we have this opportunity to live our lives in such a way as a living sacrifice. And that is true and acceptable spiritual worship. And so this morning, if you feel like your worship is kind of a little bit lagging, or if you feel like your worship is just kind of dull or a little bit dry, I want to encourage you this morning that maybe God is asking you to make some kind of a sacrifice. What is some way that you can sacrifice something and present your body as a living sacrifice? And I believe that as we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, as we surrender to him, we will see worship um, become a lifestyle and worship will flow out of our lives each and every day. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, 28 says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. You know, there's a bunch in there that talks about who our God is. There's so many verses in Psalms. David had a tremendous, beautiful view of who God was. And there were many times where David worshipped him with uh, much exuberance and with shouting and singing and dancing and all kinds of things. There were other times where David worshipped with tears running down his face upon his bed. And so it's not about the posture as much as the heart. And my, my prayer for us this morning is that our hearts would be tuned and turned towards God in ever-increasing way. You know, it, it talks about, um, in, in Matthew 15, it talks about a people that honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And my prayer this morning for each one of us in this room is that, yes, that we would honor with him, honor him with our lips. Yes, honor him on a Sunday morning, but honor him with our lives and with our hearts. And that it wouldn't just be lip service, but it would be that our hearts would be focused on him each and every day. And so it wouldn't just be something that comes from our lips, but it would be something that flows from our heart because that is true and acceptable worship. That is the kind of worship that the Father is seeking from your heart and from my heart, from your life and from my life. Psalms 29.2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. You know, it's not about you. It's about him. Give to the Lord the glory that is due to his name. You know, we, we, we pay our bills. I think most of us do. We try to. Um, because they were due. Um, most bills have a due date. And we try to pay them by the due date. And there is worship that is due unto the Lord from your life, from my life. There is worship that is due unto the Lord tomorrow and on Thursday and on Friday and each day in between. Am I offering the worship that is due unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? It takes humility to offer that worship that is due unto his name. A couple verses from Revelation um, as we try to wrap this up. There's so many beautiful verses even in Revelation about worship. And, and it's so exciting to realize 
the power that it's going to be like, what it's going to be like to be together with every kindred, tribe, and nation. And I talked about the worship, the incense going up at, through the time zones on a Sunday morning, on every morning. But one day we're going to be together with every kindred, tribe, and nation. We're going to be around the throne, and we're going to be able to worship in that kind of way. And that worship is going to be perfect. Until then, we just keep grasping at it. We keep reaching for it, that we could worship in spirit and in truth. And I believe that, you know, sometimes you feel it in a more powerful way than other times. It's not about the feeling, but it is about walking in obedience. We are commanded to worship. Um, Even David said, soul boast in the lord david commanded his heart his soul to worship at times so i want to encourage us just because you ain't feeling it on tuesday morning doesn't mean you don't worship just because you're not feeling like doing it even on a sunday morning doesn't mean you just kind of sit there but you say god here i am there's a lot of confusion in my heart and in my life and i don't know i don't know how to reach out to you i'm trying that's okay we were commanded to worship so go ahead and and Give it a roll. Go ahead and give it a shot. Sometimes you might feel it. Sometimes you might not. But the point is not whether we feel it. The point is that our heart is saying, God, I want to worship you in spirit and in truth. And that we get a picture of how big he is, how glorious he is. And from that, we just say, God, I'm trying. I want to worship you because you're worthy. Uh, So Revelation. Uh, Let's look at Revelation um, chapter 7, 9 through 12. After this, I looked and beheld a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the foreign living creatures. And they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Let's pray. And then um, I want Philip's going to play a song. And I want to encourage us, if you want to come here to the altar and spend a couple minutes while the song's playing in worship, you do that. Um, it's a familiar song, but I wanted to let the worship team not have to play it. And they, if they want to just come, they can as well. Um, the heart of the Father is that we would worship in spirit and in truth. Um, there's, verse, there's a verse that talks about that the heart of God is going to and fro, looking for a person whose heart is focused on him or is turned towards him. And my prayer is that our hearts would be turned towards him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity that we have, Lord, to be your people. Thank you for calling on us out of darkness. Lord, thank you for quickening these dry bones and making us alive through the power of Jesus Christ. Thank you for salvation, Father. Thank you that it is through Jesus Christ that we now can offer a sacrifice of worship 
that is real, that is something that you can actually receive, that can be an incense in your nostrils, Father. It is our heart's desire that as a people we could offer worship in spirit and in truth. Father, would you make us a people that live lifestyles of worship each and every day that our hearts would be turned, that our spirits would be turned to you and would be drawn heavenward and that we could offer you the sacrifice of praise for you are worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive honor and glory and wisdom and might. We bless you this morning. We worship you, our King and our Lord. Father, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would work in each one of our hearts. Father, you know the hindrances in my own life that hinder me. Lord, the places where I choose the cares of this life more than your presence, more than you. And Lord, I desire to worship you more and more the way you desire to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. Father, thank you for your love this morning. Thank you that your heart is seeking worship from our hearts. And I just pray, Lord, that you would draw us to yourself this morning. Lord, I pray that you would break off any hindrances that hinder us from worshiping. Lord, if there's sin in our lives, Lord, may we be honest with that. May we be real with where we are. And may we be able to bring a sacrifice of worship to you because you are worthy. Thank you for each one here this morning. Thank you that you're seeking worship from our lives. Tune our hearts, Lord. Tune our hearts to worship you. Philip, if you can play that song now. <laughs> 